You're listening to EOD Gear Improvised with your host, former Navy EOD tech and owner of EOD Gear, Steve Cassidy. Steve Cassidy. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. I'm sitting here with Rich Poland and uh, Mike Lukens, both of them from Invisio Communications. Uh, Invisio is a communications company I was introduced to by Rich uh, several, well, I guess it was last year, uh, very intuitive piece of gear. Rich's background, like me, Navy explosive ordnance disposal, uh, ran into Rich back in, I guess, I think it was like 99. So we go back pretty good ways. Uh, Mike actually spent four years in air force security forces, and then spent 12 years as a Lieutenant at the NASA SWAT team. So pretty impressive backgrounds with both, uh, both now at Invisio. Uh, when I was introduced to Invisio, I was blown away by the capability of it with their earbud headsets and a super intuitive system that would work on just about any any bit of communications that you have. So let me bring in Mike and Rich. And, you know, a lot of the big problems people have is the loss of hearing over time. And uh, so, guys, could you jump in and let's talk about how Invisio's really stepped up the game and, and put hearing protection and communications in the in the forefront. Sure. Well, thanks for the intro, Steve. And I think that's a good segue to re- get right into um, the aspect of hearing protection and, and disabilities alone. Um, so the hearing hearing disability is the number one payout by the Veterans Administration. And I think that in alignment with all of our other capabilities, we give the soldier and warfighter um, increased hearing protection is is at or the most important. So what it does is not only allows the operator to conduct their mission, but it also allows them to do it safely. So when their days on the battlefield are over, they don't have to worry about degraded hearing for the rest of their lives. Nice. So I've run into the situation where I might put in foamies and then I might put on some clamshells and then you really can't hear anybody saying anything. And you certainly don't have situational awareness so where are we at right now in 2019, getting ready to roll into 2020? Steve, well, that's the one aspect with our systems that, that provides a major benefit over a lot of other systems. When I did my first overseas deployment to Afghanistan, the only thing available were over-the-air systems. And over-the-air systems, everybody's used to that. They provide the electronic hearing. They give you 85 decibels through the mics. But you're, it's an ear cup system where you've got around 24 decibels of mechanical hearing protection, which is just what they provide stopping external noise. But as we know from, from our backgrounds, you have the K factor. We do all the math for because OP and, and, and explosions have force to them. With the in-ear systems, with the X5, because it's running on a, you've got basically a foam plug in your ear that's providing the mechanical barrier, which is now providing 29 to 32 decibels of mechanical hearing protection over just ear cups sitting over your ears. Where with blast overpressure, since it has force to it, that can lift up those external cups. Where with the internal earplugs, now you've got more of a solid barrier that's providing more of a stop to that 
overpressure, like with breaching or anytime you're throwing flashbangs. So it actually provides higher mechanical, just basic mechanical hearing protection to the operator over more of the over-ear style systems. Then you add in the electronic hearing protection, which is now providing the 85 decibels, and that's it, as with normal systems. Okay. So when I, I was very fortunate, I was able to roll up with our local SWAT team and put in the earbuds, and that's the X5. You know, to be able to test those out, and I was, you know, without really having a course of instruction on it before, and we just kind of fumbled our way through it, I was super blown away by being able to hear somebody quite a bit of ways, but also having that protection on the front side. Well, yeah, then that's the aspect of the electronic side is the, the ability to hear and also distinguish where you're hearing it from. That's another differentiation with our system is a lot of other systems will, when you external noise is picked up and exceeds the threshold, both mics will lower at the same time. So it doesn't allow your brain to calculate distance and direction well, where with the X5 and our other systems that provide hearing protection, they lower as the sound gets to them. So it allows your brain to calculate the distance and direction the way it naturally does. And with the X5, the way the mics are mounted, they're mounted naturally where they're almost in the same spot as the holes in your ears. So the sound's coming in in the natural way it does. So it gives you that spatial awareness and that ability to not only hear things at a distance, but also understand how far away and where they are spatially around you. Yeah, Rich, that's gotcha. a good point. Just, just to elaborate a little bit more on how that system is designed and how it works. And basically, if you're looking at a, a normal setup, which is the V60 control box and the S5 headset, um, the V60 does a great job in compartmentalizing all those different sound types. Um, and those being the situational awareness of the environment, the communications within the system, so whatever radios or assets you have plugged into the V60, and also the high noise decibel spikes. So it will allow you to hear normal conversation at whichever level you'd like, even enhanced, so you can pick up those sounds from a longer distance. But if a high decibel spike happens somewhere in the middle of that, It'll compartmentalize that high decibel spike, stop it at 85 decibels, but allow you to hear a normal conversation. So this is super relevant to the operator because those normal face-to-face communications don't get lost during a high decibel spike incident. Um, Not only that, but it allows you to immediately distinguish where those sounds are coming from. So in practice, what it really does is it allows that decision-making process to be extremely quick. So when I hear a sound when I'm in the invisible system, I automatically know where it's located based on the situational awareness. So I make a decision based on that sound much more rapidly rather than find out where the sound came from, find out what it is, and make a decision on how to move accordingly. Gotcha. Yeah, I remember back in the day, if you were wearing muffs, you had to actually leave the muff on, talk into the muff, so that or the cup, so that you know, the, 
vibration would travel through the shell so you could actually hear what they're saying, but you have to stop what you're doing to do that. Now, with this technology, we can just move along and even face each other and not have to get that close to each other to communicate, regardless of the ambient background noise or the spikes. Um, go ahead. Yeah, that, that, that's correct. And, and not, not only that, but it allows the user to not miss anything. So the user will hear those face-to-face -face conversations that are crucially important. They'll hear the high decibel spikes and be able to distinguish whether or not um, they're dangerous or not. And they'll also have the communication aspect of it, which will never let the user uh, miss a communication no matter what system they have plugged in. So it always prioritizes the radio, the face-to-face -face conversations over the ambient noise, but still allows you to hear the ambient noise at a level where you can discern what those noises are. Gotcha. So one of the problems I've always remembered was, is when you're trying to communicate and you're trying to put information out, but you have the earbuds on, you kind of lose track of, are you actually being loud enough to, you know, communicate what you're, what you're putting out, you know, what's getting washed out. So on the communications part, the outgoing audio signal, say from me in the X5s going to the other listeners, what all is happening there? So when you're speaking through a radio system, the X5 is built, depending on which control units you're using, like we'll use the B60 for the example because it's it has our most inputs. It's got up to three audio inputs. When you have multiple, in, multiple audio inputs and then the hear-through, what the system will do is it will separate the audio streams out where... If you have a primary audio channel, a secondary audio channel, and then you're having the ambient sound come through the external mics, the external mics will play in stereo. Your first audio channel will come in your left ear. Your second audio channel will come into your right ear. So when you're on just for the receive standpoint as an operator, what I'm hearing in both ears is external to me. What I'm hearing in my left ear is my primary radio channel. What I'm hearing in my right ear is my secondary radio channel. So it allows that split audio and the ability for the operator to differentiate by where he's hearing it, which channel that he's hearing it on. And then when you go to the transmit side, when I as an operator transmit, if I'm transmitting on the radio that I would normally hear in my right ear, it switches all of your receive audio to your left ear. So no matter what, when I'm transmitting, I'm receiving everything in my left ear so I don't miss a communication. So if somebody I'm talking and somebody's talking on the other radio that I have plugged in, I will still receive it no matter what. Gotcha. So the X5 uses the bone induction for transmitting audio. Uh, you know, back in the day, we were using bone phones. You know, you'd have the pad on the base of your skull to kind of listen. Uh, but audio was still based on that boom mic. Now that we have the X5 and the bone induction within the ear, can you kind of give us the advantages of that? Yeah, sure. Yep. Sorry. So the, the bone conduction microphone is really... Um, 
is really a special thing. And um, our engineers did a great job of coming up with something that is not only practical on paper, but also in the field as well. Um, I know that uh, when you say bone conduction microphone, a lot of people look back to all of the kind of near misses that have, that have been put out in the industry in the past. And um, this is really the first one that captures the essence of what a bone microphone can really do. Um, and that is allow you to transmit voice only in a high in a high noise area um, and allow you to not send that background noise over the microphone. So we know with a regular boom microphone, as soon as I press that PTT button, I'm opening up the floodgates to not only my voice, but all those surrounding voices around me. What the bone conduction mic does is it allows you to send out that voice only. So you're keeping those you're keeping those signals compartmentalized for the other end of the radio as well. Um, so you're not sending undue level of noise into the communications. It also allows them. So you could have, you could have plenty of background noise, but as long as that's not vibrating the bone induction, uh, the bone induction function of that, it's just going to transmit your voice. That's correct. Regardless of how loud you are. Right. That's correct. And I think a, a good example of, of uh, how that works uh, that everybody can usually pick up on is when you're operating in a Seaburn environment or SCBA. So obviously you're wearing a mask and everybody knows at one point or another when, when you put on the mask, communications tend to take a severe dip, um, especially with a boom mic because there's just no way to transmit out. I mean, I know that there's plugins and, and extra things that you can do to mitigate this. But nonetheless, there are extra steps that the user has to take in an already austere environment. Um, so when they're using the X5, they simply put the mask on and continue business as usual. So they don't have to remove their hearing protection and they don't have to worry about transmitting at a lower level um, because the sound's not being picked up at your mouth, it's being picked up in your ear. So there's no need to plug in any extra equipment there's no need to uh, force that boom mic down against your throat or whatever tricks that we used to use. Um, it allows the user to just transmit as normal. Um, so that's, that's really where it, where it cuts its teeth is in situations like that where the user can intuitively go about their mission-critical business but still allow for good communication yeah. without adding extra pieces to the puzzle. But not only that, it allows you to stay under hearing protection the whole time and not miss any critical communications that may have come over the radio while you're trying to don your gas. Um, you know, Murphy will show up as soon as you pull that comm system off, you'll get a critical transmission that you'll need to, uh, you'll wish you that you've heard it. So you're going to be able to wear the X5 with SCBA. You're going to be able to wear it with a gas mask. You're going to be able to wear it with a full face mask for diving, I, I, I guess, but I guess it's, depth dependent but also fire turnout gear so the the x5's benefits huge benefit that you can think of kind of from an eod aspect of is it's not it's, it's only two meters submersible so it's not something you'd be using with diving but in the aspect of you can get wet you can get you can get wet but you're not going to you don't want to take it subsurface if you got to go jump in a, in a river and do some swimming it'll 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 work but it's not something that you want to take to an atmosphere and and but from an eod operator standpoint it's something i can have in my ears it's helmet agnostic so if you look at the way we were trained to do cat a when you get downrange with a 
hostage-based cat a situation, you want to downdress a little bit to make them more comfortable. Well, in a normal system where my headset is tied to my helmet, I take my helmet off, I lose my comms. With the X5, your comms are always there. You can take your helmet off. You can in you can do things. I can throw a gas mask on. It's not going to affect my comms. As long as I can induce vibration into my jaw, I can make comms. So that means in the TBT world, if I'm in a TBT situation, but something comes up where I have to don a bomb suit, I can throw a bomb suit helmet on with my comms on. It won't matter. From the fire side, I can put my entire comm system on underneath my flash gear. I can have my flash hood on. I could throw an SCBA on and I can still make comms because as long as I can move my jaw, induce vibration, comms will come out through the system and, and people will be able to hear you. So there are large benefits. Hazmat, like Mike mentioned with hazmat, if I have to put a level A suit on, I can put everything on underneath my level A suit. We have additional wire push to talks where we have a, it's the M15. It's a, a large format round push to talk that I can plug into a control box. I can then rig that push to talk up, say in my armpit so that in my level A or underneath my J list or my hazmat suit, I can activate my push to talk by just chicken winging my arm so that when I'm in a contaminated environment, I'm not reaching back with contaminated hands and cross-contaminating my equipment by touching my body to push a push to talk. So there's large benefits to being able to take your system, put it underneath your gear, and not have to mess around with it for an EOD operator, hazmat operator, gotcha. SWAT. So pushing back to the tactical side, we, you talked about the pad that you can chicken wing that would sit under your PPE, but I also want to point out the rail-mounted system that you put on your M4AR platform that is a wireless push-to-talk so that you don't have to come off your weapon to uh, communicate. So you, you, And you guys have so many accessories, and you guys have done an incredible job with this. Um, I mean, there's so much we could go over, and, and I know we, we got a little bit of a time crunch, but I uh, want to encourage everybody here that if you want to see the gear, uh, we actually do have it in both our locations at EOD Gear Huntsville and Nashville, and you can stop in and see that. Uh, we also have some really good videos that explain the whole Invisio system, uh, and it's on Invisio.com, or it's also under the Invisio section of... Uh, our catalog, eod-gear.com. But guys, I just want to want to thank you. Um, and I guess probably just the last thing to touch on is if you're looking at incorporating or bringing in a new system, the Invisio does work with legacy sets. Can you guys run through that just real quick? Sure, Steve. So we realized that there is a plethora of other headset options and, and things like that that are out there in the field already. And we don't necessarily want to make the user repurchase something that they purchased recently in order to have enhanced capabilities. So we've developed the whole system of adapters and integration pieces to allow those users to use some legacy equipment along with the Invisio system so they can gain the benefits of, 
a multi-com system or interfacing into new assets that they've maybe acquired since the legacy equipment. So if they have an existing headset that they need to upgrade their PTT and how they use it, then there's more than likely a chance that we'll be able to integrate directly into that legacy equipment, uh, whether that be headset or radio or whatever the case is. And then they can go about their their mission set with enhanced capabilities um, by using the Invisio control box or or any other uh, product within the portfolio. Fantastic. Well, if anybody here listening wants to get a hold of uh, you or us, or you know, to see Invisio or to learn more about it, who how do we how do we get them over to uh, you? or to figure out uh, what, how we can all work together. Well, Steve, you have my contact information. And anytime, if you've got somebody supported that needs support, just you can reach out to me and I can get in contact with the closest uh, regional manager that we have to them, and they can provide support. Okay. Fantastic. Guys, anything else? I'm, I'm super grateful for you taking the time. Uh, anything? I'm going to throw it right back to you. Is there any last thing that uh, you need to cover? No, Steve. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to talk about the system. And uh, we look forward to maybe being able to help out some members of your audience. Sounds great. Again, guys, Mike Lukens, uh, NASA SWAT, and Rich Poland, Navy OD. Uh, thanks uh, for tuning in. Give us a give us a shout if you have any questions. Thanks so much. Thank you, Steve. You've been listening to EOD Gear Improvised. Improvised with explosive discussions and sound effects. Steve Cassidy, a former Navy EOD tech and owner of EOD Gear. Initial success or total failure. Two locations, one in Nashville and one in Huntsville. The website is eod-gear.com. And you can also see our catalog as an app on Google Play. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter. EOD Gear has customers from around the globe. Stand by. Until next time, this is EOD Gear Improvised. Signing off.